Welcome to episode 11 of Montana Voices. Uh, so we have a lot of content, but let's get our business out of the way here. Indeed. I'd uh, just like to say it's great to be here. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Glad you could be here. If you, you're probably listening to this right now at our website. If you're not and you're somehow listening to this on any other kind of format, you can always reach us on our website there, montanavoicespodcast.com. If you'd like to reach out to us with any kind of comments or concerns, our email address is montanavoices at gmail.com. And if you'd like to catch our latest episodes, usually the easiest way to find them is going to be at our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go ahead and find that if you just search for Montana Voices Podcast. Absolutely. And new thing, we are on Spotify. Spotify opened up to podcasts, and uh, we are proud to be uh, one of the early adopters there. It is probably going to be time for me to get back on Spotify again. Yeah, you can spend money at it if you'd like. Uh, it's not entirely free, but podcasts are free. You can stream and, and listen. And, you know, I'm not sure whom, if anybody's listening there, but it's pretty new. I don't even know if we get stats from them. Let's go ahead and run right into our recaps. Uh, once again, there's. Uh, no corrections other than some some style things. I guess people suggest we should should argue a bit more. Indeed, um, people feel that we're being a little too corrected. It seems, and uh, uh, you know, I, I feel a need to disagree on that point just to uh, you know prove my point. But Ed, I can understand that uh, given the last episode we were you know talking about a few different issues that uh, hit really close to home for us and. As a fear, I wouldn't say doxing ourselves. You know, having some secrecy in our lives, uh, some details, and some things were danced around. So, uh, I can understand that. You know, that said, uh, moving on with the topics that we were talking about last week, we keep bringing it up here, but um, I feel like this is an issue that needs to keep the uh, a fire lit under it, if you will. Uh, the Great Falls Public School District's uh, heating issues. Well, the E-City beat is certainly not letting it go as well, so uh, we should you know, probably stick in line with them. Uh, they, they would definitely know in this town for certain. Um, that said, I, it is worth noting, however, I just found this out today, Jim, and I'm throwing this in here on everyone without uh, bringing it up on the docket, but uh, it sounds like they had moved all the kids out of Roosevelt in order to move them into the Giant Springs School. Now they're getting ready for Longfellow to be remodeled, it sounds like, so in preparation to do so, they're shipping all the Longfellow kids over to Roosevelt now. Was Roosevelt repaired, or I thought that was in a uh, crumbling state? Hard to say. Yeah, I'm thinking that third floor's probably still got some issues to it. Um, I'm just waiting for the E-City beat to catch wind of this and what their opinion's going to be, I must say. Yeah, weren't they going to, or the least rumors of tearing down Roosevelt School? That is the overall plan, I believe, in the build, in the future for that place. Well, it's uh, you know, good enough for the time being, I guess. I mean, they're just long fellow kids. They're mostly brown anyway, which uh, <laughs> is going to bring us into the uh, one of the main topics for this episode. Uh, we are going to uh, Browning. Um, so the B-roll, if you are watching this on YouTube, is a, a drive-through Browning. Yeah, Great Falls High. That that is that is interesting. That still keeps coming up. We haven't even had much of a winter to speak of, so uh, I guess heating is still uh. Yeah, I think this is all just blow hearts blowing hard. That, yeah, no doubt. Uh, those kids are going to be in real trouble there if those temperatures dip down to what they used to be, um, you know, back when we were in high school. Speaking of Great Falls issues, superintendent pay, uh, that's, is that Hauk? Is that the old superintendent or no. soon to be? No, uh, Hauk is, I believe, a commissioner? She is the director for the Paris Gibson Square Museum, I know that much. Uh, no, you're thinking of Tammy Lacey, who is the Great Falls superintendent. Currently, uh, she's getting paid 108 
K, I guess, is the number I'm looking at here on the docket. I'm hoping you wrote down the right number. But it looks like... I got it from E-City Beat. E-City so, Beat. They uh, never uh, lie. It's hard to say. Uh, so E-City Beat tells us 108. The number's going to jump up from there to 150K. Pretty steep. Um, I wish I was getting paid that much. Well, um, you're also uh, not in charge of a couple yeah, thousand employees. And, and the uh, future of, a, you know, just as many children. And have a doctorate, uh, uh, which I believe was a uh, prerequisite to even interview. Yeah, you so, know, I gotta say, I'm, I've uh, been trying to pay off my student loans, and you know, I just have an associates, and that is expensive to start out with. So uh, I can only imagine what her loans were. Anyways, it's it's way too much. I went to school for like six years. Uh, I think I changed majors a few different times till I, I finally got settled in, but way too much. Um, my sister is going to uh, going after her master's degree Oof. and is yeah, my yeah, she's sorry that she's was getting, my wallet cringing in my back pocket there. Yeah, almost up to six figures uh, for her uh, res- responsibility there. So that's. Uh, yeah, 150k is uh, what they're advertising in the new position as. 108 is a lot, but yeah, I have real mixed feelings on this, and it sounds like uh, there's been some outcry from the community on, you know, paying somebody like a superintendent, you know, six figures, even 108 seems a lot. Uh, but yeah, in, in contrast, I mean, I mean, I know teachers as a whole. Um, I mean, granted, it's I wouldn't say cushy. It's consistent, and there's some union benefits and decent compensation but you're you're not in this for the money and you can in my opinion always tell the people that are so that apparently doesn't translate to superintendents they they are in it for the money i suppose at a, at 150,000 well yeah and i mean at that point you almost have to wonder um a superintendent's more of a managing job than it is like a teaching job you know so i, I mean that I can't see, like, somebody in the superintendent job being somebody in the first place. It's going to be, you know, I'm just, I, I love seeing kids learn stuff, you know. Um, it, I love managing. Yeah, That's I it. love managing. You're, you're going to find, I'm sure, you know, they'd probably pick the person who their, you know, lifelong dream was to be a manager for that because they're going to be able to manage stuff a little bit better. But. And they went to school and got a doctorate and, and all the things. And uh, maybe it's one of those jobs that uh, you only notice that uh, when it's going wrong. Um, so hopefully uh, the next superintendent, uh, it's a warm welcome from our community at 150000 Yeah, I'm, I'm What's still the doctorate in? Um, is it in? You know, I'm not sure. Is it in uh, uh, Boilers? Yeah, you, Tammy Lacey needs to have a uh, I was gonna say, definite boiler I, experience. I just feel that the next person should have a boiler's license at the very least, something that, so that, you know, uh, if it breaks down, like we got somebody on hand who's going to be able to take a look at it there. Uh, that's sort of a an abstract concept. Uh, when you look at somebody that's in charge of these, uh, I think you have to have a teaching certificate. I'm not sure I'll have to. You know, this is public. We can, of course... Google it, the requirements for the uh, the superintendent here. But in a lot of places, when you're the manager, you don't need to be a professional in that field, such as managers for doctors are not always doctors. And in fact, they're sometimes even making less money than doctors. So not the case here, except at 150000 But um, I, I think that a lot of superintendents and a lot of uh, 
these sort of managerial people. Don't start up at the bottom. You, you didn't start out as the janitor at Great Falls High and then work your way up to superintendent. That's simply not how it works here. However, I think that'd be pretty awesome to see somebody who used to be a janitor at Great Falls High go on to become the superintendent. Like, I would be all for that. You know, if they were a good manager, because then on top of that, whew, boiler's license, you know, uh, added to the list of pros. It's a dying art, too. Uh, Mike Rowe is right. Uh, we're losing some of these professions. Uh, less people want to get into boilers and, and plumbing, plumbing and the such. So it's rare that that would happen. Everyone wants to be a manager. <laughs> I guess so. Well, go to school and get your doctorate and move up from there. And uh, Haver Growth, and I have been to Haver recently, and... No, there, there's little growth. Um, I think we discussed that in the last episode where... We, we pondered if it was growing or dying, and, and I think they were seeing some of the same trends of, of malls closing down and small businesses, and especially wow. breweries. Talk about a microbrewery explosion that, uh, that's coming up, but um, some of that business. But I don't think Haver is uh, maybe stagnant, almost worse than Great Falls. Yeah. At least Great Falls has some things. Their mall on. seems to be about the same as ours. They haven't gotten any new stores. We've gotten some. We're getting a Harbor Freight. We're getting a Harbor Freight. Oh, what a time to be alive in Great Falls. Uh, that was the biggest perk of moving to Missoula. Hold up, everyone. There is hope on the horizon for this town, I tell you. Yeah, that was the old Herberger's building, I, right? Or? I believe so. Finally, yes, that one will be having some use to it. Uh, we touched on police pay, and there's actually a, a new article here from The Economist that uh, I'll definitely link in our, our YouTube video that uh, you know police forces are having trouble even at uh, what they're paying, about 55000 here in Montana, which is a you know, pretty solid middle-class uh, pay for a first-year cop, in my opinion. Is they're, they're still having trouble filling those roles. So even with uh, GFPD and Missoula PD, uh, both, uh, I think both departments are cutting a few positions this year, but they're still looking for replacement positions. So the positions they're looking, that they're cutting are not filled, and they're also running a deficit of officers as well. I can kind of understand it. It's a scary job still. So It, it is a scary job, but not everybody gets the scary aspect. Uh, Maybe we'll have to interview somebody with more in-depth knowledge of this, but I think they all start as, you know, first-level beat cops. You don't get into something more in-depth. You certainly don't get to detective uh, without doing that that walk of life first. So We're going to put than you in, in the rich neighborhood first, kid. <laughs> Do they or just uh, stick them to the dogs? I don't know. Uh, just, gonna... like, straight up, like, there you go, uh... Listen, we're, the only car left is the one that has kind of the crappy radio in it. So, uh, anyways, oh, look, you're assigned to the north side of town. Have fun. And then just, Good luck. and uh, yeah, <laughs> Go we'll, get him, sucker. We'll, we'll see you in 12 hours. <laughs> and that that is very different because the, uh, the people in charge of that are people that definitely did do that be different than, you know, other managerial positions such as the superintendent. Yeah, you got to climb the ranks in that position. So, um, I don't know. In that regard, you would never see anyone, hopefully, I mean, at least in our town, I don't think you would see anyone be thrust into that kind of a situation. It'd be a, probably an unfortunate situation for him. Uh, I guess you call it a, a, a blue collar work. So, uh, I mean, if you don't have the respect from the people you're supposed to be, uh, you know, supervising, you're you're not going to get far. And it's different than a lot of positions. Uh, uh, somebody in my family was, uh, I will not dox this person as well, but was 
had aspirations of being a teacher. Actually, a few people did that uh, actually made it, but their first couple of years, they had to be in you know, very uh, underfunded, very awful schools and in places that nobody wanted to go pretty much the, since there's, I guess that's the man for the demand for that job. But it sounds like a first year officer can just jump right into wherever they want to be because there's a deficit. Yeah, well, you know, it's nice to be able to have a job that you can pick up and go anywhere and take up, you know, because everywhere needs cops. Well, somewhere that doesn't, uh, possibly doesn't have enough, we're going to move over to the Blackfeet Nation, uh, uh, recap, they were at odds with the feds over medical marijuana, uh, disproportionate incarceration, and uh, we're going to diss on uh, CRTV in a complete 180, because um, I found that the uh, the Proud Boys founder, uh, Gavin whatever, uh, he's uh, one of their main shows has their... The guy you know, with the mustache. Post- yeah, the guy with that terrible mustache. Uh, he looks... <laughs> for somebody that really hates gays, he's uh, you know, really... <laughs> Not doing himself any favors with that look. Does he, he doesn't hate gays, does he? I saw, I watched actually, I, I had no idea that this was going to be on the docket, to be honest, but I had watched a thing on the Proud Boys the other day on YouTube because I had not followed it at all. And it seems, I mean, not even, it, it just seems like a group of people who just want to start a fight and, like, let's get out there and uh, brawl it out there. And uh, that is exactly. Who they are. So they are... <laughs> the, the proud... Not really a big problem for Montana, so we won't spend too much time on it. Um, but we discuss CRTV and the Blaze combining into to Blaze TV, and I'm, uh, I'm disappointed because I did... Yeah, Blaze TV is what they're Ooh. calling it. Uh, no, it's sort of Can't believe Glenn Beck won that one. You think they would have went with a rebrand. Uh, you'd think a completely new company, but... It's, yeah, Glenn Beck apparently has read The Art of the Deal. Excellent. And I, I, I did like Glenn Beck at times. I thought he was a bit eccentric. Very and, entertaining like, for certain. Yeah, entertaining. Um, has a good sh- Had a good show that he followed through with that made, you know, very simple sense of his chalkboard and whatever. Um, a bit eccentric. Sometimes got a little too Alex Jonesy with his uh, conspiracies and and whatnot, uh, but uh, so I'm disappointed to see him, you know, shalupping with these, uh, the Proud Boys founder, who, and I, I had to look this up, and I watched more Gavin McInnes videos that anybody ever should, uh, because you can't always believe the hype. Went People down say, the YouTube guy, hole, huh? Yeah, way too far, but this guy incites violence, he's, he's terrible, and he absolutely does point blank incites violence and calls for calls for violence not only does he call for violence against people whom he directly opposes he calls violence on people that support his cause but are opposed to violence strange yeah but it's they just well i mean he's not even a member because the last video i watched where i was like okay well that's enough proud boys for me for one day uh he was stepping down not too long ago, he's all like, "I'm done. I'm not a part of it anymore. I'm out." And uh, yeah, how bad did the Proud Boys have to get? I don't know. He um, like what happened? It didn't there? look That's... like there was any kind of like, um, like you know how like when you have a gang initiation, you have to get beat in and beat out, or blood in, blood is out. A... Is that Aryan Brotherhood's there... the uh, blood in, blood out? You got to kill to get in and kill to get out. But um, usually in gangs, they got to jump you to get in and jump you to get out. You know, and uh, I. Gangs let you out? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, it depends. I don't know. 
Well, apparently he's getting All out, the so maybe they're not documentaries I've ever watched on uh, gangs on, like, the History Channel and stuff with former gang members were usually like, yeah, I uh, was blessed. I was allowed to leave. And it's like, wow, you must have done some really wild stuff there, dude. But uh, Allowed to leave, that's... I have no idea, uh, so though. Never been in anything with a gang. I guess, because the Proud Boys, last I checked, were not considered a terror or organization, nor a gang. However, uh, our law enforcement is fighting the big threats... Juggalos. Well. Considered a gang. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that that was more, um, who was running the FBI at the time that happened? That was under Clinton, I believe, so was it Comey? Or is that further back? Oh, we were, oh, geez. I was going to say, whoever it was, um, I, th- I feel that was probably due to a personal gripe with the Juggalo community. And with uh, ICP. I'm just wondering, was it because somebody uh, like found a bunch of ICP CDs and weed in their kid's bedroom? Or uh, did they That's find out they were dating a juggalo, their daughter or something? Uh, I mean, there's quite a bit of reason potentially for enrage towards that group. But I... I think we can all agree that putting them on the old terrorist watch list there's a bit far a bit far they they don't do much of anything maybe they should be on the list i mean they spray fago on everybody at the concert and that's a complete waste and you get all sticky and it's an outdoor thing of course because the icp can't be housed anywhere it has, <laughs> it has to be done in a forest forest or sanitation all the way around i just was there um i wonder you know with the trump era here all the deregulations currently involved um you know this is a great segue for one of our uh, topics up ahead here um you think the juggalos used any of these deregulations with the environment uh to their advantage with their gathering of the juggalos festival which is held outdoors in a forest in a forest but it's not as legit as the rainbow gathering which uh Yo, they don't bother with firmage. They just they just show up. I think the uh, the jugglers. I wouldn't say legitimate. Is that the right word? Like there, there's really no organization. They just kind of show up in one place, don't they? The rainbow. Yeah, people? I, don't, I don't know how you get an invite. Uh, <laughs> they don't have the internet. Those people, do they? Uh, no, I think they keep it shielded from the internet. Uh, I mean, you don't want the uh, the people you know finding out. You know, every every time they do it, the uh, you know, the FBI or somebody shows up and tries to make a You have to a really climb like st- the uh, hallucinogen ranks at Burning Man in order to get an invite to this thing, it sounds like. It, it sounds like it. I have I have been to one as a child, which uh, may, maybe says something about my upbringing. Wild. But uh, wild, I think I was 10 or something, and it was uh, a blast, as I recall, just running around with other wild kids and, and playing and whatnot. But I, I have not never gotten an invite. Uh, so the rainbow people. Hopefully um, your parents picked you up instead of a different family. Yeah, I think they're. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing up all sorts of hard questions here tonight. I apologize. So uh, anybody in the uh, they don't have a spokesman, I assume. But anybody in the rainbow community, uh, maybe we'll show up and do some actual reporting. I would gladly welcome it. I would like to be enlightened on their. Uh, uh, culture and uh, everything to do with them. It sort of feels like just a much larger uh, you know, 
rave in the forest like the ones they uh, they commonly have around this area. Lolo, I, th I forget what they call it, but they do several. They have one large one every year outside of Lolo where they uh, these young druggies take over Lolo Hot Springs. And I've been to a few of those um, and uh, had a great time. So I think I've heard of these ones before, but uh, never gone. Haven't had the time. Well, let's uh, dive right into our uh, new topics. Uh, I suppose we'll give a rundown of exactly what we're going to be talking about and then dive right into it. Uh, we'll start with rural broadband here and discussing, uh, of course, Montana's rural and Tester's involvement with that and the USDA as well. Uh, of course, we can't have a political podcast about talking about Zinke this week. Uh, we're going to go to <laughs> to Browning, discuss the Blackfeet, uh, and a quick notes on uh, things that are happening in Butte, uh, the onion, and weed in Montana, or hemp, I guess, in that same line of products, I think. You know it. Alright, so first on the docket there, then, you know, the rural broadband. Uh, Tester's always been a really big advocate for uh, getting this part of the country connected absolutely he has and he's tried to do it a few different ways um i guess it looks like he started with the usda and that's the department of agriculture which you, you would think would have nothing to do with rural broadband um on the contrary however, farmers use the internet uh, yeah those uh <laughs> gotta figure out how to grow shit you gotta Google that. Now, if your John Deere tractor isn't connected, it, it may not start. So it's uh, very important. You know that is that something worth uh, talking about, there, Jim. I didn't even think about that with the USDA. Yeah, the the right to repair. Um, maybe we'll do some research in that for a further episode because uh, last I knew they were still fighting to repair, specifically the John Deere. It sounds like the uh, the worst of it. The took the apple approach to products you're not even allowed to open the hood yeah you need to have a certified technician there in order to do so um just in case you do it incorrectly i wonder is uh the uh is it case h case i yeah, K case h case international harvester um those are the ones i wonder if i don't th i wonder if they're still the old uh starter up with the key and press down on the gas and go forward there if you got to uh, sync back up to the servers on the other side of the country. Yeah, very important to know, uh, you know, where they're going. Of course, a tractor isn't a simple device anymore. It's uh, less of that, and you know, they have ones that'll plow your field completely unmanned. Just navigates through itself through GPS, and you don't even have to be in it. It'd be nice to be a farmer and be able to just hang out in your office all day. Your office, which is another tractor, probably. But of course, those price of tractors is ridiculous. I was always dumbfounded by spending a million plus uh, on a tractor, a, a tool. And so you're finding less and less farms own tractors, and they uh, have sort of not really a, a cooperative almost. Uh, they're they're owned by somebody, and they're sort of loaned and used around by the community, uh, especially for. Well, obviously, it only works for smaller farms. The the big guys actually uh, usually pay out-of-state folks to come in. They bring all their own equipment, harvest their fields, and do tours of, of different facilities in Montana. I could see this leading to um, like bigger corporation farming. Um, you're going to see a lot of the bigger players. I don't even know who they are because I'm not involved in corporate farming, but um, I imagine that the guys who have the financial backing to afford these massive multi-million dollar tractors 
would come in with the state-of-the-art tractors and run off of fields that they lease. Um, and then, you know, Farmer Joe ends up being, um, y you know, some kid with a bachelor's degree who's, you know, in some office in Iowa, you know. I could see it happening. Iowa, good farmland, uh, second only to Montana, I think. But you're, you're absolutely right. There, There is land leasing, and we've discussed a, a number of times on uh, Montana Voices is the, uh, you know, sort of consolidating of farms. You no longer have the... Uh, the idea of a family farm and, and granted we only had that for maybe three four generations in america since probably the 1800s or so where you your farm was your livelihood and that same property got handed down generation by generation that concept of sort of going away for the most part and farms are getting consolidated uh i mean we have efficiencies of scale where you know, a tractor is a million dollars and if you have you know, say sub 1,000 acres, which uh, we did outside of Laurel, I think 890 or somewhere around there. It's just, the money doesn't make sense. You, you can't afford these tractors. You end up going it with old equipment, and as a result, you're working just as hard as your you know, grandpa was in 1960, and you're most likely have a job to support your farming habit like everybody who's been in farming that I know has. Yeah, it's a rough business to be in there. I command anyone who is able to take it up and do it the way they do it. Unless you're a large industrial farmer, and that's where it's at. You don't even farm your own thing. You uh, pay a roving gang of Mexicans to come, and they bring all their own equipment. They harvest everything for you, and they, uh, you know, they do all the work, and then they're on to the next farm. Jeez. Well, how does wait? So how is Tester tying this back into the internet there? Apart from just like it being a gateway to outsourcing, which really just kind of makes it a red flag of we don't want it here. Um, I. F oh. Well, that's that's somewhat limited for the uh, as far as being a, a gateway to outsourcing, in my opinion. But um, one of the first iterations he did was uh, a loan program through the USDA where rural broadband providers could apply for you know almost a no interest loan to develop rural facilities and i checked his website and i think it was february this year that he reported uh in three years the usda had only approved three loans which obviously uh isn't it's not a lot yeah isn't very productive so uh, uh he's doing the thing you know the thing where he has the glasses and then he looks over them he has the glaring eyes and he starts <laughs> starts asking you the tough questions about God, what did he ask about? I'm trying to think. The candy, that was it. The prescription candy. How much prescription candy were you handing out? Uh, yeah, Candyman Jackson. Uh, he <laughs> won out. Uh, you know, this, I will Trump. say that like with this administration, like Montana is in the spotlight a lot more than I've been comfortable with in the past. Uh, for reasons yeah. on both sides of the aisle, but uh, comparatively to like every other presidency, uh, people keep looking back at Montana for a lot of stuff, you know. Well, you know, our next uh, president could be from Montana. I haven't heard Tester's name in the hat yet, but... Apparently there's over 30 Democrats right now that are considering it, so I would not put it past him to try it out. Oh, you should make... I mean, he did win against Trump. Uh, I mean, make no doubt, Rosendale was just the name on it, but it was Tester versus Trump in this last election. Yeah, let's be honest here. 
So, uh, yeah, maybe has a shot there. Um, of course, uh, we'll see what his aspirations are, see if he wants to escape Big Sandy even further. <laughs> uh, he can never escape Big Sandy. He'll be back. <laughs> yeah, he'll fly back on the weekends, <laughs> fire up the uh, case, and uh, be back at it. AF1 be coming in to uh, Great Falls International. We'll just have to create, like, a whole new hangar for it or something, so it's uh, here. Everyone's complaining about Trump on the golf course, and I can see with uh, Tester, if he were to ever get in an office, it'd be constantly, oh, that son of a bitch is going back out to the farm. Yeah, true. You know, probably suspect he's vacationing out there. He's not even growing can... anything of substance. <laughs> Wasn't it organic wheat? Uh, I can't remember what he was growing, but he, I forget. he yeah, was Yeah, he was a farmer. So, like... But he was organic, I thought. I Is might it? be wrong. Well, I commend that. him on not using uh, chemicals. Well, everything's a chemical and organic. Uh, one of the things I found from uh, some of the uh, a family I know that does wheat farming, they are certified organic. Um, but before then, like maybe five years uh, past, uh, they were definitely not organic. So this thing could be sprayed. Your three years is the uh, minimum uh, sort of gap period between you know spraying and and not spraying essentially so you you could be you know dousing your entire property with ddt for a hundred years straight and as long as those three clean years you can then claim to be organic well i mean prove it you know i mean <laughs> and uh so organic you obviously can't use the chemicals and the pesticides and such but there's i mean you put wheat in a bin and the uh the bugs and the mice love it so you still have to have some sort of remedies for that so one of the things i saw him use was a uh, cat almost looks like a salt it's <laughs> yeah you need lots of cats <laughs> it's just how we do things around the sweet farm so uh, careful of the cats and i don't know if you've uh, lived in a farm like we have but cats yeah, people are terrible and they will abandon their cats there and out of the hundreds of cats that were abandoned I, I only remember a handful of them ever surviving for any extended period of time I, but pretty much every time I'm show on a farm like I'll always see a random ass cat and a lot of times you know whoever owns the farms uh, I don't know it's just an animal oh <laughs> there's cats there and uh, one, of, one of the fun things uh, with the cats with the feral cats uh, the ones that survive that uh become very feral you, you can get nowhere near them and if, uh, if you move a hay bale all the mice are going to scatter and the cats know you're doing it so they'll hang out near the top of the haystack and wait for you to move the bale wow and it's the closest you can get to some of these cats but but <laughs> back on subject with rural broadband Jeez. uh uh, yeah, the USDA thing failed, so Tester had an initiative, uh, Connect Montana, uh, which tied into the federal CAF program, which is the Connect America Foundation, which is a program that gives uh, some subsidies to internet service providers to provide service in these very rural areas. And CAF has been out for a number of years, and there's a number of Montana companies that are getting payments from these. Of course, uh, you can Google it. I can't identify them, but it's, of course, public record as well. But very this last year, um, the FCC came out with new CAF standards. They said to these ISPs, "We're paying you this money for this. Now we need a verification of service." And they consider 10 by 1 to be uh, a broadband speed. 
quotation mark, 10 by one. And uh, 25 by one is your tier two, 25 by three or somewhere around there. But their new standards require that you randomly select approximately about 10% of your, uh, your client base and you install a device inside their home that basically does a speed test once a minute for the entire peak period and having thousands of these devices out there. So a bit uh, kind of a push and shove there. We're going to give you money, but this is how uh, we want you to use it. I would be and so was, pissed uh, as a user to have that. Like, does that is that added on to their current bandwidth speed or does that... That's crazy. It's like in order for them to prove uh, that they're providing that bandwidth, they have to hog that bandwidth, you know? Well, there is some guidance on that. You, I think it, if they're using more than like 56K or, or some, you know, some minuscule number that you do not test during that test window, you check again in the next minute and then try to test again. Oh, so you're testing it when no one else is using it okay well. yeah you're testing it when idle but during peak periods so i don't know how many tests they're gonna get and um but it's very uh beta the um the requirements that were released so you don't know how you're supposed to report that information back to the fcc you don't know you know how you it says to randomly select about 10 percent of your your clientele it doesn't tell you how to you know randomly select 10 percent of your your clientele if you just put names in a bucket or or whatever and um, of course the data formatting is another thing and then what to do when customers tell you that uh, you don't want the government in your home yeah I assume a lot of people are gonna be see this as a red flag um, yeah imagine uh, you're, what are you telling the NSA about me <laughs> no no this is gonna test your speeds to a government speed test server it's gonna be fine <laughs> it's just a dot gov oh, is it? it's just dot gov it's no no harm yeah, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people shooting their their modems. So, the funding for this, uh, six point eight million dollars, uh, was allocated for it, specifically for northeastern Montana, which is, uh, you know, definitely uh, very rural and definitely uh, needs all the. <laughs> I wouldn't say they need all the help they could get, but they're uh, the high line up there. Any any dollars not- help. Yeah, but of course they, uh, you know, handed out checks before they came with a requirement, so they sort of did a, uh, not really a, a click and bait, and, and maybe some of these companies that took this money should have uh, suspected better. I mean, yeah, you can have this money, and we're going to tell you what we want from you, but later. Clearly no one who signed up for this had ever dealt with student loans in the past. <laughs> uh, well, they're... Yeah, they, they end up emailing of, uh, you again. They don't forget. Yeah, they're managers of ISPs in the middle of nowhere, so maybe not. So, uh, our next matter, uh, Zinke is out, and that is uh, that is very fresh as of as of yesterday. So, a lot of, we had discussed that... Oh, I'm sorry to talk over you there, Jim. I was going to say a lot of people had suspected this for quite some time, that there was some foul play with that son of a gun. Well, there was some foul play, and people are still calling for him to be investigated, even though he's out. Uh, travel expenses and business deals in Whitefish, which seems like small fries uh, compared to other corruption that we've seen in this administration. So uh, I don't know if they'll still investigate Zinke or if he's off the hook here. Yeah, um, I mean, 
The government's a big group, so I'm sure they can find somebody with free time to look into this, but, uh, I, I, I mean, is this still about the Puerto Rico stuff? Yeah, I believe about, uh, Puerto Rico and then travel expenses. Oh, wait, so he traveled to Puerto Rico? Was that his, uh, white I thought that was like? Mnuchin that was traveling. Because Mnuchin's wife, like, posted something about how she was rich and, uh, better than poor people. And, uh, oh, well, everyone was like, wait a second, you're, like uh, it's quite a nice government plane you're on there, lady. And, uh, it, it raised some eyebrows. So I don't know whatever became of it there, but travel expenses. Oh, jeez. Uh, that sucks when they start asking for receipts, I know. Uh, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, nothing came of that with Mnuchin, so maybe nothing will come of that here. Uh, the whitefish thing, you know, something might come of that, but it, there's, you know, literally bigger fish to fry so maybe this is a good uh, uh tactic sort of take him out of the limelight here it seems like that's what he's trying to do because he's uh jumping out like the day before the democrats get oversight yeah that's uh probably a good move uh <laughs> on his part um but you know has there been contention between zinke and trump in the past um i haven't seen much publicly and i can't recall if uh there was that, of course. Uh, Trump is, you know, no stranger to calling people out directly on Twitter. No, he's, been he's in- not said much about Zinke. He's, um, I can't think of anything that he's said negative about him. Uh, the one thing that comes to mind with Zinke is his first day of office there uh, to right. let everybody know that he was from Montana by showing up, riding a horse in. I'd like to make note that Ted Cruz never ever rode a horse into office any day of the week so um one up for montana over texas in that regard oh we're so much better than texas anyway absolutely so and yeah we didn't elect somebody uh, like ted cruz uh so i like to think <laughs> that uh all of our candidates uh, look yeah <laughs> unlike uncle fester so you know <laughs> is that a <laughs> Wow, I forgot about that reference. Um, yeah, you know, regardless of the shortcomings or, uh, you know, cor- potential corruption from anybody from Montana, they're, they're still from Montana, so, uh, you know, they're still repping. We, we do it better than everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, he's out, but there were some people were suspecting that he might run for governor of Montana. Of course, Bullock is going to be in the general election as well. I don't know um, whom is going to run, but uh, apparently, uh, according to USA News, uh, they interviewed him, and Zinke says he will not run for governor in 2020. So I don't know if he has his uh, eyes on another position or if he's going to try to stay out of the light for a while. But uh, but also doesn't mean that he won't you know, do a 180 and, in fact, run for governor. It's hard to say. With the entire Trump administration, it seems like every week we find out something new bombshell like uh, a lot of people probably are going to say that that's not true and it's all a bunch of hyperbole there I think that's the correct word but I'm going to be one of those people but go ahead and finish uh, he could be jumping out of the limelight because he can see the writing on the wall and I could definitely see that as a possibility right now but I who knows? Yeah, you know? I do like how he's uh, you know, getting out while they're, I guess, 
still ahead because so many people like uh, have been involved in this and have just gotten utterly burned, you know, from their involvement with the Trump administration. Um, that you know, I'm glad that he's not going to prison, and there's probably no sight of that happening soon. No, uh, everything I've seen for him has been pretty much like this. Seemed a little fishy. None of it is like this. Wow, this guy belongs in prison right now. It's uh, all pretty low time stuff. Yep, so maybe we'll get out with a fight. But sort of that comment you made about, uh, you know, this uh, administration being a, uh, I'll use the term dumpster fire because I, I think it is, to be quite honest. But I also think that, uh, you know, one of the things that we seek to explore in this podcast is, is why people, I mean, as people who don't support Trump, we just can't wrap our heads around why people do and that was sort of the goal for me is to understand people in that regard um but the media in my opinion and i'm saying this as a non-trump supporter does have it out for him and has had him out as a you know a joke and a criminal fraudster from day one he might be all those things but the attention that he gets from it and the sort of you know nitpicking thing if if Trump walked out of a bathroom with a piece of toilet paper on his shoe, we would hear nothing about it for, or we'd hear only about it for a, a whole day. We did. You know, for... That happened. That, and they reported... Did it really? Yeah, and they reported on it. He, uh, I believe he was walking up Air Force One and he had some toilet paper stuck to his shoe. And yeah, they, they played the clip over and over enough times that even I thought it was a little ridiculous so yeah you're absolutely you were, right me is out you're making my point I did not know about they're that. out to I wouldn't say you know get him necessarily but like there you can definitely tell that <laughs> they're not making it easy well he's he's not he's making it easy for them to you know drag him through the mud like that well he he is making it easy and there's lots of things to you know put some honest spotlight and honestly criticize however with the attention and the time that they spend on the dumb things like a uh, the verbal mishap that he had at the UN where um, memory was reported how much they were laughing at Trump and turns out they were when you look at the full clip in context they were laughing with him uh, as somebody who is he was giving a good speech and he was in control of the audience as a good public speaker which you may consider him to be even if he you know he's a good public speaker with no scripts we'll say that but the the tension they give him for that you know when people see the toilet paper thing they see the un thing they see entire late night talk sh shows you know, front to end just nothing but bashing trump and they see that in the same light as trump committed collusion it's the same thing they're like these people are out to get him they're, they see the media you know, as a whole. They see this as a collective so, hit, yeah. So, and it, they take it with just as much credence. You're like, you know, Trump colluded, Trump has toilet paper on his shoe. That, coming from these people, it means the same thing. Stephen Colbert brings the same amount of credibility to the table as Don Lemon, you know. And I get, ah, Stephen Colbert, start on that. He's not funny. He used to be funny. I'm going to go there. He uh, did some things to Late Night. The show... Short of even after they have guests that aren't Trump or aren't political on, it still talks about Trump. The entire show is Trump. And, you know, that's not why people turn late night. And granted, his David Letterman before him, you know, took a lot of 
they were good jabs at politicians, but they were exactly that good jabs, and you didn't spend the whole day making fun of a president. And, you know, there were some idiots during Letterman's time. <laughs> I will say that as well, including Donald Trump himself at that time. So it was, he's doing a disservice to late night. He, and Yeah, no, he at least needs to, like, cut it down to, like, just five minutes, and then let's just keep going. You know, if they, he could almost, like, just make a segment on politics, you know. And he came from a, a sort of political satire show, so that would be perfectly canon with his thing, but this whole Trump thing, front to back pretty much, or at least all of the monologue usually, is, you know, getting old. So I... <laughs> I can see how it could lose viewers, too, because I've had a lot of people tell me that same thing of, like, he's just not funny anymore, because it's just nothing but, like, guess what, the president sucks, and... Yeah, we know, Stephen. It's, uh... Tell us something else of substance there. So you have a lot of people tune into James Corden because they want to see uh, the new freshness that the likes of Corden and Reggie Watts are bringing to the table instead, you know? Reggie Watts from Montana. I do believe our Facebook page likes him, if I recall. If not, that will be soon be corrected by the time. Uh, you know, we uh, aim to support all musicians and artists from the state and from towns within the state and he's one of them there so yeah reggie watts in any capacity there check him out he's a great guy yep absolutely and uh some of his work is uh incredible and some of some of his work is honestly a you know, some you see his things and you see it as a joke but uh, i can't remember the song he did it was a song about uh, dating or something, but he touched on feminism a little bit, and just in the middle of it, like something clicked and made sense to me. And as a thirty-something-year-old male, it's like, how could I not understand this before about you know ownership of, of a partner and etc. So, give him a more serious look than you might might otherwise, because there's some real substance there. Indeed, and I believe actually he is on tour right now. I'm looking it up right now on my phone to see where he's at, but I believe he's going to be at, uh, I want to say Missoula here? Oh, goodness. Uh, maybe I'll run into him. I ran into him at Market on Front. Uh, Let's see. At- he's going to be, yes, it'll be Friday, 8 p.m. He's going to be playing the Wilma in Missoula. Now, that's that's the place to be. Indeed, so. Well, I hope he likes his uh, $5 breakfast burritos, because, uh, well... <laughs> We'll uh, run him at Market on Front where I, I saw him before and uh, try my best to talk to him in words, but he was very cordial and, you know, it's got to be annoying when, you know, so many people come up to you and it's like, I love your work, you made a big difference to me, um, I'm so-and-so, that, that's got to get old, but he uh, still understands the field that he's in and was cordial and takes it like a champ, I guess. Indeed, I can assume, well, you know, he's from Great Falls as well, so... Uh... Going to Missoula. Oh, geez. God, I wish I could ask him. Reggie, your thoughts on Missoula? Being from Great Falls, what do you think, man? <laughs> uh, he's sort of the Missoula. He's the Missoula crowd. Yeah, I mean, no, when you absolutely. Hear that he's from Montana and he has that look and that big hair. Yeah, if you would yeah. ask somebody like, "What town from Missoula or from Great or Montana is this guy from?" and they probably would tell you uh, either Missoula or Bozeman. But ah, yeah, hit him with a zinger or not, Great Falls and. What, what, the Air Force base? Yeah, the Air Force and the wheat, and then he interrupts and tells you they have a second Walmart now. (laughs) (laughs) But back to the great show on on James Corden, and uh, I think he approaches politics, uh, you know, correctly and in the spirit of uh, great late show comedians in the past, unlike uh, 
Stephen Colbert, but you know, what is the Colbert show gonna do when you know, when Trump is no longer in office, be it twenty you know twenty or or further twenty twenty four? They'll you know have to not be so lazy in their writing, I guess. I say they're gonna have to hire new writers because the current ones are getting just oversaturated with uh, political comedy that they won't be able to write a normal joke without throwing in some sort of jab at Republicans. Absolutely, and you know I've never seen David Letterman and Johnny Carson and all these you know great late night hosts before um, have never told a sitting president to fuck himself, which uh, I've seen Colbert do more than once in in exactly those terms. Unprecedented. Go fuck yourself, Mister President. Yeah. Unprecedented, I believe, is the term that is being thrown around for stuff like that lately. And, uh... Absolutely. Well. Um, Late night, other than Reggie Watts, not a whole lot to do with Montana, so, uh, you know, I'm not even sure how we got here, but let's go back to Browning. Ah, jeez, yeah. Bring us back home there, you know. Yeah, and I recently had some, uh, work in Browning this week, or, or through Browning, and my goodness, the wind there was absolutely horrendous, uh, I was... <laughs> I've had to drive through Browning as well before in a van, a very tall van, and, uh, man... It's one of the only. I'd say there. It's. I don't know. Do you think that's more windy than the High Line? For you personally. I, I think it might be. It might be. We started over in uh, Cut Bank, and I was like, "Well, this is terrible. How can this get any worse?" And I was with the uh, guy from a different company who was who said, well, "We might not be able to continue." And I was basically like, "Yeah, let's not be a wuss. We've got things to do. Let's go out here and do it." And then it's just some yeah, wind. <laughs> Yeah, just wind, whatever. We got most of the way to Browning, and I, uh, we're not even you flying. You know, I knew it was. <laughs> yeah, not uh, practically flying, and I uh, you know, had to use all my strength even to open my door because I parked, uh, you know, facing the wind. So, <laughs> well, you know, you're probably smart doing that so that when you opened your door, uh, the wind didn't rip your door off of the hinges. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate in the uh, brand new truck. <laughs> Can't wait till that first stand. But, Browning, of course, uh, and this is sort of inspired by a Reddit post about uh, visiting and vacationing in Montana when asked uh, about crime rates and such. Um, you know, several users, whom I'm not even sure if they're Montanans or if they've been to a reservation, uh, were very fervent in pointing out that you should not go to the reservation. And my first thought was, why? As comparatively white people, as I guess me and you are, um, there's not much of a second thought if we need to go to a reservation or through a reservation. It's we do just that without a thought about it. So I'm concerned that people that uh, don't live here and probably have never been to the reservation are, are, are saying these things. So yeah, anybody that I know coming from outside of the state to the state, I make a point to tell them that they should go to the reservation. And we have some uh, some great things, but we are not talking about those great things. The B-roll on this video is a uh, an actual you know trip through Browning where I you know went through some of the side streets and you can see Browning for itself. Uh, but we do need to point out Browning is no longer a town as of 2016. Indeed, they're flying solo, independent. Well, it was uh, disincorporated uh, at that time, and all of its assets were given to the tribe to handle some debts that uh, were owed as ordered by uh, I think Clark County Court um, which makes sense and it sort of uh, blew my mind that the city of Browning 
was not part of the tribe. Um, but then when you you know take that further out, you realize that the Glacier County, of course, is not part of the tribe, even though a good portion of it is on the reservation, and a good portion of the reservation is actually Glacier County. So, um, it, it, it's just so weird that the, I mean, it has brown in the name, and it's probably the most native town that most people in Montana can think of, was never part of the tribe. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. Um, geez. And in fact, has a long record going, you know, for as long as the history I can found on Browning, the city of Browning was fighting with the tribe. That's crazy. Which uh, brings us to another entity that has some clout uh, in that area. The I hope I'm pronouncing right. The Sia Corp, uh, S-I-Y-E-H Corporation, um, pursuant to the Indian Reorganization Act, that was uh, that formed an actual corporation to operate outside of reservation politics for the sake. They're they're essentially like a, a more powerful chamber of commerce for the reservation that's an actual company, I think is the best way to explain them. Let's see. And uh, interesting tidbit about them, they are the uh, managers of the Glacier Peaks Casino up in Browning. And when they um, sought funding to build that, that they, one of the stipulations that the bank put on them is that this was managed by the corporation and specifically not the tribe nor the city of Browning. Uh. Jesus, they have their cafe in that place is so good. Uh, small business shout out to the uh, Glacier Peaks Casino Cafe. I mean, we might as well do that and get that out of the way here because, like, I'm just thinking about it. Man, the BLT I had there last time was really good. I have been there and I know exactly what you're talking about. And unfortunately, I have missed this. Uh, another Browning shadow. I've missed this every time I've been to Browning. Last I was told they were cast only. Nation's Burger. I do hope they're still open. Have you seen them? Have I seen them? Nation's Burger is what Nation's it's called. Burger. No. And I'm told it is hands down the best burger in the state. And this is from somebody or people that have also had Burger Dive in Billings. So I, I don't think and, they're uh, and, fronting and me And Roadhouse? <laughs> uh, yes, the ones from Great Falls, so and Roadhouse. Okay, really? So they say it's hands down the best burger in the state. However, they have weird hours. They're not owned by tribal members, but people that do live in Browning, from from what I can tell. I see. But best burgers, cash only, weird hours, hard to find, and I've missed it every single time. So find. Why is it hard to find? Are they, like, selling them out of the back of a car or something? Uh, hard to find is I've driven through town and never seen oh, them. Does it exist or is somebody lying to you? They it exists. They page. even have a website. Oh. Well, what does their website say? For, for uh, hold on. Address. I don't know. We should really go there sometime. Um. All right. It's Nation's Burger Station in Browning. And, uh, you know, it took all of us uh, a few moments to realize that uh, we do have the entirety of the Internet <laughs> at our fingertips. I have multiple devices right in front of us. And you think I could find it better because it's at 205 Central Avenue in Browning. Now, if anyone feels that we're wrong to the point that they want to correct us on the show, too, by all means, give us a shout-out and let us know. Um, it's pretty easy to get on the show with us here. Yeah, a minimal requirements. Uh, so, Nation's Burger Station, best burgers as anyone has ever had who's had it has told me. I have not personally had it. 
It's high on my list, though. Okay, so this is uh, currently a mythical. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they're probably correct here, but I'm gonna make a point next time I'm running through Browning to uh, try and stop this place. Bring cash, because I, I guess they ah, only do cash, cash there. Who carries cash? It's, it's off the books here. All right, fine. So, um, back to the, uh, I guess, the casino. Um, the Sia Corp wanted to have it at, in a town in East Glacier. There was a facility that was large enough to house a casino. They had it there, and even though it was within reservation borders, it was also within national park borders, just right on the edge in East Glacier before you leave the reservation. And... Eventually, the, uh, the Forest Service decided the, that they have the ultimate authority over the reservation in that area that's also their area, and so they were uninvited to have their uh, casino there. Jeez. Yeah, which is independent sovereign nation or domestic dependent nation, whatever you call them nowadays, those terms are meaning less and less the, the more we look into say, you can have your land. No, you can't run a casino on your land. Or smoke weed on your land. But you can have your land. It's your land still. You just can't do these things on it. So a lot of people think, and I'm of the... Of these people, or used to think, that the reservations can run a casino outside of Montana and, and specifically state laws because that they are their own sort of sovereign entity of some sort. And it turns out that is not the case that the government has a did make in the middle 80s the national indian gaming commission is a commission that specifically set out to legalize and regulate gaming on reservations and since then we've seen a outpour of casinos so it turns out this is encouraged and regulated by federal law not uh you know their own thing operating outside of the law or operating within their own law i'll say uh... Not surprised at all there that Uncle Sam gets his out of this one. Absolutely, but uh, you know the uh, you know the Blackbeard are not without their trouble. Uh, recent news: uh, Sharp, uh, the Sharp lady, who's I don't think is native, but has uh, is guilty, or she admitted to embezzlement from the Head Start program uh, by means of uh, overrepresenting overtime that was worked by her and other key people. Um, Documents only say that she's a resident. I have yet to be able to find a picture of her and that she is 60, but does not make any mention that she is a tribal member. However, her last name's Sharp. So, uh, well, and that this came was not a sharp TV move in the there. Um, you should never embezzle money and you should never fudge your uh, timesheet like that. It's pretty screwed up. So, uh, God, can they just like. This is their problem. They keep getting mismanaged by these people that are screwing it up and fudging uh, the numbers there to get their own personal benefit, I guess. But and it's it's sad. It absolutely is sad that 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 happens. And you know, generally looking at the reservation, which of course our viewers on YouTube are, because there is b-roll of driving through this reservation it, it looks like that you know some of the poverty and some of the the things we're seeing are a result of that that mismanagement uh, i'm not entirely sure that that is the case um they they might be too independent and sovereign or too independent issues uh, i 
there definitely is some nepotism, mismanagement, corruption, you know, downright theft. Um, but as far as I know, those things happen everywhere. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Uh, oh, I shouldn't. Wrong wording there. Um, it, it happens other places just as much, I'm sure. Um, I think we see a lot of reporting on it in these places because uh, it's a big deal when it happens there because um, there's not a lot of other stuff that happens on the res, I guess. And is there a reporting bias here is probably a... You know, my question here, you know, if there's any corruption, anybody arrested on the res, you know, a drug thing on the res, it's actual news. But it feels like if it happens in, you know, Missoula or Great Falls, it's, you know, mentioned, but it's, you know, on the third page as opposed to the uh, Care TV leading story like this uh, sharp embezzlement thing was. Yeah. Um, With, well, I mean, do you have, how much federal oversight is on stuff like this? With it not being a town and stuff, I'm not sure where the Head Start program comes in, but I just wonder if, like, that's why we see so much more of it coming out of there is because a more scrutinous eagle uh, snooping through the books there, I guess is a good way to put it. Yep, that is a good point that I... That I don't know. I had not considered. I have no idea on this. So, we, we should really get an expert on here. If you're an expert on this, uh, hit us up. Well, I, um, yeah, so maybe some bias or some reporting bias is that... You know, it's hard to say the federal government's effective at anything, but that they're effective at rooting out crime on reservations where they have direct oversight authority. So maybe that is a factor as well. Indeed. Um, speaking of crime on the reservation, that's a great segue point into our next Grim's topic here. Um, looks like they have found some human remains on the Blackfeet reservation current. Uh, when this story dropped, I believe this was on Friday, uh, the FBI was getting involved uh, to remove the human remains. At the time, they couldn't confirm like which cases they were thinking it would be related to. Um, of course, you saw a lot of people immediately asking if it was tied to the Ashley Lauren Heavy Runner case. Um, so the FBI still hasn't made mention of that or really said anything on this. So everyone's still kind of waiting to see what comes of that. You know, point out it's the FBI in Salt Lake City that's uh, investigating this, which is, uh, is there not a closer branch? No. I'm not uh, sure. quite the drive. Probably flew. Yeah, it is. Uh, speaking of travel time and overtime, my goodness. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez, make sure you keep your seats. Well, I researched this quite a bit, and people have recommended that we disagree more, and I thought we were on this, because I was going hard off an opinion that some of the trouble that, you know, the the Blackfeet and other reservations are having, or some of the, I guess, very apparent trouble that you see when you drive through there, is as a result of government intervention and government dependence from the federal government level. But as I look more into this and other other issues that we researched for this week's episode, I'm, I am i can't say that I'm sure anymore. I can't say that I can definitively defend that point. It's hard to say. Um, with the amount of disappearances, and then on top of that, when you drive through those areas and you see the amount of just like police presence and such, uh, it, I mean, it definitely leaves a lot to be desired, you know? So I, I can see how someone could say that there's not an, being enough being done. 
or enough being done. I guess my former opinion was there was, you know, too much being done. And this is often a point you hear from, uh, quite honestly, usually racist or at least people that are ignorant, is that, you know, it's time to be cut the natives off of the, uh, you know, government tit and my tax dollars and, and let them be. Um, and, and I was sort of having that uh, same idea, not from the stance of like federal funding, but from a stance of direct federal involvement in their everyday lives. So a different approach, but maybe the, the same ends. And by the way, it's not that much money, and it is money that you know you can't complain when your <laughs> your government it basically forcibly takes over a region and then can self-appoint terms in their own government treaty that they wrote that they wrote and they was you know essentially no choice but to accept or you know face firmer further genocide <laughs> yeah and, and you can't complain about the very meager compensation you know for land we're not giving indians anything um, we i don't know stole all of montana well, since when we only talk about montana or the nation felt bad about it so we wanted to give them money essentially it's a it's a transaction you, you it's uh, a capitalism stores yeah exactly it's and it's and it's you know really a sad thing when you look into like the hellgate treaty of 1864 where it's like well we well not only first whites came here killed 90 percent of the native and in mexican populations which were native just by accident, just by disease, um, you know, not their fault on that one, other than their their presence. And then with those weakened numbers, then waged wars. And it's like, well, here's the deal: we don't want to send the army here to control you. We also don't want you, uh, you know, attacking every wagon that wants to get to Missoula. So we'll give you this nice reservation, you know, over by Kalispell, and uh, we'll later be Polson, and you just. You know, stop attacking wagons, essentially. And here's a little bit of money. And they went for it. Well, there you know, wasn't much of a choice. Yeah, so... I, I mean, we could, you know, consider... You know, consider the genocide, or we'll agree that you're a part of the country, we'll put you somewhere, we'll give you schools, roads, etc. Essentially, what it was. Because <laughs> the reservations are... are not that much different. I mean, you consider them a, a nation or a sovereign entity. You go there and, you know, it looks just like, you know, Cut Bank looks like a less crappy browning. It's the same thing with, uh, you know, government roads, etc. So maybe I'm getting on a soapbox here. I, but. Yeah. Good point, Jim. Just saying. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll get off on my stepping off of the uh, soapbox here. Last, last remark. Um, you know, Israel seems to get a lot of help still. So, just saying. Anyways, close the door. Uh, next topic here. Yeah, we'll close the door on that. And uh, uh, school taxes, uh, and this may be something we can agree on. On This doesn't pertain directly to vouchers, but uh, school vouchers. The uh, Supreme Court has, Montana Supreme Court has struck down a, a tax credit that uh, did aid religious schools. I guess that was a pseudo-voucher. You get that that credit if your kids go to a private school that you pay for and you know i guess i understand where where people are coming from that if you send your children to private schools you're still paying um you know income taxes and you know county taxes property taxes on on money that goes to public schools that's why they call it a public school and a private school it's kind of like part of the terms that is that is part of the terms but uh 
The fact is that uh, if you send your children to, to private school, you are paying for that, and you're paying for, you know, that's sort of where people go you know, one-off. If you're well enough to pay for, for private school, maybe you should be paying more taxes for public school I'd as like well. to know when we're going to open up a private park, and then uh, I can start advocating that I don't have to pay my city taxes because I don't want to use the, the uh, public park. I want to use the private park. And, and I want a voucher for that private park. You can do that with uh, state parks. On your Montana license plate on the registration, there is a parks fee. If you waive that fee, you um, theoretically don't have access to the parks that you get to for free, like Yellowstone and Glacier. Out of state, will have to pay they for that. pay for me to go to a private park? It, I understand the hair you're splitting. I, <laughs> I, I, they're they're going down the right path with that. I just let's uh, let's let's go let's travel that road a couple more feet there. But well, this wasn't a voucher, but a tax credit. So it you know sort of a year-end voucher, I suppose. It sort of works the same. And in fact, I don't know exactly how much money we're talking about here, but. But I'm just going to disagree with you that um, if you are paying, you know, I understand that public schools are for the benefit of everyone, that even as somebody that, you know, maybe you never even went to Montana public school or doesn't have children there, you still reap the benefits of having an educated populace for, for children. So that effect I get. So maybe the voucher system I wouldn't go as far as but a little bit less in your taxes. Uh, we can certainly agree that taxation is theft, but... Absolutely. You know, a, a little breathing room in the taxes, I, I don't think, is is unwelcome. So, uh, But, of course, that went to the Supreme Court. I don't know uh, if that's going to go to the uh, you know, federal Supreme Court, but we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that one. I think that they... I mean, because a lot of people are still doing that just for religious reasons for and for that reason i think that they should still be allowed some sort of credit for that that just seems humane but um yeah then you get into the whole separation of church and state thing and then get all riled up whatever you know next topic when church is paying taxes and it, it it's a rabbit uh, hole maybe another time we'll discuss geez. religion and uh we'll in get montana. a professional a montana religion <laughs> professional we'll get there uh so, uh, the, the Onion is in Billings. Uh, something I found when looking for independent and incredible sources is thebillingsbeat.com, which I found uh, absolutely hilarious. Uh, so, uh, we're going to do an internet shout-out to them. It's B-E-E-T. As in Sugar Beat uh, for Billings. And, man, they have some really... Uh, you can tell it's truly... Uh, original beer because like it's all focused directly in on billings and it's all pretty funny yeah one of the leading stories uh billings to build wall at billings lockwood border lockwood Bay. <laughs> uh which if you've been into billings and lockwood you know uh, uh you know that tiffed yeah <laughs> and uh tester finally admits devil's tower was inspiration for haircut <laughs> So, uh, some light reading, and I suppose we'll... Trump uh, endorses Gene Forte quitting Congress for WWE. Like, this is just nothing but good stuff here. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on here, this is funny. Yeah, we should have saved that for an end for a positive note, because we're uh, going right back into things with uh, supporting the troops or not. Uh, you know, a, a bill that was uh, put forth by uh, 
a tester, of course, he is on the, the VA Foreign or Affairs Committee, um, was to extend benefits uh, of people they suspect have Agent Orange-related uh, diseases and cancers, extend coverage for Agent Orange to them. And I don't know if you remember, but uh, for quite a long time, maybe even almost decades, um, we, the government, denied Agent Orange was ever a thing of was one a thing and then later on was a thing of consequence <laughs> and then at the a point they had to admit that uh, it was a thing and it was a thing of consequence and it was very harmful to the people um or the service members that were there and they deserve better than this so this this bill specifically pertained to people that are may have not had direct exposure to asian orange but we're you know, working in places where they could have been exposure, where exposure would have been difficult to concretely, uh, you know, document that, hey, you know, Private you know, Johnson, you know, encountered Agent Orange on this date and time, but are having some of the ill effects of Agent Orange, such as the cancers. So that uh, did not get approved in the Senate. It, it, it died there. Who the fuck voted no on that? Well, certainly not Tester. And uh, what about Danes? I'm gonna have to Google those results, and if he did, there is gonna be. I don't know. A... Danes probably voted yes on that, though. He loves the troops. He yeah. went there. Like he oversees. Like on one of those. Uh, what do they call those tours where they bring the comedians and no, musicians around? No, this wasn't a USO a... tour. I know what you're talking about. This wasn't a USO show. He just like there was. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of which branch got deployed. One of the branches got deployed, and he went over there to see them. It was around Thanksgiving time, I believe. He brought them like some. He brought them high country beef jerky. That was right. Oh it's man! Like, here you go. Bring you boys back home here in this bag, you know. And it's like, oh, thanks, Senator. You know. So it's. I tell you what, high country beef jerky. Um, anyone who's not from Montana that I, you know, bring through, I we stop there and they grab it, and they're like, oh man, this is the best beef jerky in the world out of lincoln um for those not yep. that know lincoln right. universally known for ted kaczynski and the best beef jerky in the world but yeah pretty unfortunate that 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 failed and as uh, uh go tester pointed out because there's quite a few video clips of him just uh doing the thing where he gets angry which looking, uh looking you know in this case the, uh, glasses there yeah, looks over the glasses, has that uh, stare, which is, uh, you know, ironic. That's the same thing they use in attack ads, where they have the, the black and white photo where, like, oh, ominous yeah. music tester doesn't well, have your uh, values at mind. Because uh, Schumer does the same thing there. He peers down his uh, very large ethnic nose there at, at people, and he's going to be do something corrupt. Any moment now, you just wait and watch. Uh, corruption's coming. <laughs> Yeah, but they use that same clip and either, you know, saying, you know, Tester fights for you or, uh, you know, Tester, Onimus, voting with Pelosi, whatever. Um, He's on the Soros payroll. Same picture, so uh, two sides of the the, the coin there. Well, we're going to move on to weed or weed-based product or, or hemp. Uh, you know, I, I have to admit, uh, hemp is not weed, is that right? Uh, that's what I'm told there, you know. It's in the same family, probably a different, I think it's a different variety of weed, but um, hemp, uh, under the new um, USDA guidelines, you, we can produce hemp, and it sounds like that a lot of Montana firms are going to try to be the first on that list to, to do that. So, of course, it has to be approved by the 
federal government, of course. Um, but that is coming to Montana. So new agriculture, uh, specifically in the the plains regions. Obviously, we need those you know big fields for these sorts of I'm things. I'm wondering how long it is before uh, somebody is out there inspecting the fields and oh, wait, hold up now, this isn't a hemp. Not a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, wouldn't take too long. Do we have any weed farms in in Montana? Uh, I'm uh, legally recognized. I mean, not like it's specified, but I mean, not that or not. I'm, who knows? Maybe we have some sort of CIA black sites that have an underground weed farm or something. Uh, there's some crazy government facilities in the state. I know that much, but um, I I think there's some like medical marijuana fields probably in a lot of areas. Something for a future episode, but uh, in the meantime, from the federal level, of course, coming down on us is you, if you have a green card, you cannot buy a gun. Ooh. Because the two are somehow related. Yeah, well, you know, the, uh, from what I understand, they're involved with a bunch of, like, international treaties that make that so, and that's the reason you don't see a big push ever for it to be federally legalized, but it's, uh... Well, it says nothing about, uh... You know, gifts or inheritances. A lot of guns are, so maybe a loophole in that. But things are getting uh, more green around here, regardless. Indeed. Well, I mean, in this regard, I don't think that, uh, I don't know, just the firearm ban, that can't cover uh, hemp products. I think it's just for marijuana, I would imagine. Yeah, just for marijuana. Say. Uh, hemp, have a lot uh, of very angry it, farmers there if they just found out that their uh, newest crop venture has destroyed their two way. Yeah, that's a good way to make sure that only Californians can grow it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure bet. Well, that uh, concludes episode of eleven of Montana Voices, and thank you for listening. Indeed, it was a pleasure having you all here with us tonight. Uh, be sure to tune in again next week, Sunday. Again, if you'd uh, like to email us with any kind of comments or concerns, our email address will be montanavoices@gmail.com. Twitter handler handle is going to be at Montana Voices with an underscore in the middle there. Our Facebook page is at Montana Voices Podcast. Our Twitch will be up soon at twitch.tv slash Montana Voices. And you can find all of our episodes now on YouTube if you just search for Montana Voices Podcast. 